Chapter 2. Home. My single-bedroom apartment was filled with a few pieces of cheapy IKEA furniture and some milk crates with boards as shelves. By working at a frame shop, I had the benefit of covering my walls with professionally framed reproductions of my favorite masters, Winslow Homer, Paul Cezanne, and just to be ironic, C.M. Coolidge, the guy who painted the dogs playing poker. I tried painting in there, but I was paranoid that I'd spill something on the carpets and lose my $500 security deposit. I've rented an artist loft just for that purpose. The girlfriend is no longer with me. She left six months ago over a stupid argument about my friends. She didn't like them. I thought she would come back for the rest of her crap, but I guess it's time to dump it at the Salvation Army. Thank God my name wasn't on the lease this time, or I would have been that guy in the joke. What do you call an artist without a girlfriend? Homeless. I had promised that I would bring my neighbor, John, some mat board I got from work. John is a very interesting artist and a fascinating individual. I met him about two years ago when I saw him outside our apartment complex, sitting on a bench by the front entrance. He was hunched over, carefully drawing on a piece of cardboard with a black Sharpie pen. When I saw that we had another artist in the building, I had to go over and introduce myself. When I spoke to him, he kept drawing. He didn't bother to look up. Eventually, he said, I didn't get it from the trash. My first thought was, huh? I stood there for a minute, watching him draw. His face was about six inches from the cardboard. I moved in slowly to get a good look at what he was doing. From a distance, it looked like an asymmetrical pattern of dots and lines, a giant doodle. When I looked closer, I could see a series of horned devil faces buried in the chaos. It must have taken him hours to cover that cardboard. What was he going to do with it? When I told him, that's amazing, he kind of tensed up and inched away from me. His mother came out of the building and found us together. I introduced myself to her, and she told me his name was John, and that she was taking care of him. You could tell the guy was on some sort of medication. John seemed to relax when his mother introduced me to him. She said drawing was part of his therapy, and that he really enjoyed doing it. Since then, I've learned that during the summer, he liked to sit outside when he's drawing. I've slowly been able to come friends with him. I've noticed he only liked to draw on pieces of cardboard, usually something like a squashed cereal box. I started bringing him mat board, which is stiff like cardboard, but better. We always have pieces left over from jobs at the gallery, so instead of throwing them out, I bring them to him. John's apartment was on the floor below mine. I knocked on the door and his mother answered. Gavin, nice to see you. Come on in. How's John doing? He's in his room, drawing. Would you like a cup of tea? I sat down on a sofa that's covered in a bile orange, pea green, and brown floral fabric, a 70s original. She'd probably get some good money for it at a hipster flea market. Oh yeah, sure, I said distracted. There was so much going on in here. She had all the old lady classics, porcelain figures, a couple of marble eggs, family photos in fancy silver frames, and an RCA record player with 8-track. I had my eye on her Margaret Keene painting of a bug-eyed kid with her bug-eyed dog. I was dying to know if it was a print or an original. I see you brought John's drawing materials. She handed me a cup of tea. I said, I think you'll like this much better than cardboard. I pretended to take a sip. Why would she think I like to drink tea? I was just trying to be nice. If I wanted tea, I would have asked for it iced with a ton of sugar and maybe a squirt of condensed milk. I abandoned the cup and saucer on the end table next to a statue of the Virgin Mary. I said, how's John been recently? 
He's doing better. His doctor has him on a new medication, clozapine. I hear that has some nasty side effects. She looked worried. Well, the alternative is another hospitalization. What's he been working on? Let's go see. She led me to John's room and knocked on his door as she opened it. John, Gavin is here to see you. The walls of his room were covered entirely with pieces of cardboard, all illustrated with finely drawn lines and dots, all with the same thickness, drawn with his favorite Sharpie pen. There was probably several years' work here. Some of the cardboard had printing on it. On one sheet, I saw the Kleenex logo under all the dots and lines. Another one I could make out the Campbell's Soup logo. I approached the wall and got a good look at these things. The detail was hypnotic. It pulled you in like a Mandelbrot set, that never-ending series of patterns that appear as you get closer and closer. I said, Hey, John, this is interesting stuff. John was sitting at his desk, filling in another piece of cardboard. I was at the grocery store. I didn't know what to make of that. I looked towards his mom. We were at Stop and Shop. They saved boxes for him. I went over to his desk. He was working on a bigger, devil-like face, embellished with more lines and dots. I said, Hey, John, what do you think of this? I placed a stack of mat board on his desk. He put down his pen and shuffled through them, feeling the texture. He chose a beige piece and put it beside the beacon's moving box he was working on, picked up a sharpie, and continued where he left off. I said, Hey, John, once you're done with that piece, I can put a frame on it for you. Did you hear that, John? She touched his shoulder, and he glanced up at her, then quickly looked over at me. Hi. He hesitantly said, before going back to his artwork. He drew a few lines on his new, clean surface, then asked his mother, Can we have Wendy's for supper? I knew outsider art had gained a big following in recent years. It started out in the mental institutions of pre-World War I Europe, but really got going on this side of the Atlantic in the 80s, the definition expanding to include art from almost any self-taught person. It certainly would be a good change of pace for the gallery. Good luck matching stuff like his to your couch. I said to him, John, I bet I could find a spot for you in our next gallery showing. Maybe you can even sell it. He didn't respond. He was still focused on his drawing. I got the impression that John wouldn't have cared less if he sold anything. He lived in a world where money and fame had no meaning. It's about as pure a reason to do art. No ego, no greed. He just did it because he had to.